0: Welcome to the Chrome Show, GigaOm's weekly podcast, where we talk about all things Chrome. Chromebooks, Chrome browser, obviously, other Chrome devices. And with me, as always, is Kevin C. Toffel, our Chrome expert. I'm Jakob Redgrass from GigaOm. Kevin, how's it going over there?
1: It's going pretty well. And, you know, we, uh, this past week has all been Mobile World Congress, which is focused on phones and tablets and not Chrome stuff. But we do have some Chrome news and some upcoming devices to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, I'm doing well.
0: Alright, let's jump right in. I think we've been talking about this for a little while, but the Acer Chromebook 15 is starting to uh, starting to reach people, I guess, very soon.
1: Well, soon, very soon. Um, I had found out and, and wrote a, a post on the availability uh, in, in talking to Acer about getting a review unit. Which I may or may not have in front of me, and that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, when talking to Acer about a review unit, I, you know, they had said, uh, you know, well, reviews, you know, may be embargoed until a certain date, and you know, we're expecting consumers to get these devices in April. And I was like, really? I mean, you guys introduced this January fifth or sixth or fourth—I forget—right before CES. Um, so they're like, yeah, it may come to, it may be shipping to stores in late March is what they told me, but it doesn't look like you're going to be able to get one of these until April. Uh, it's, it's always possible though these kind of things change at the last minute, you know, and I've been thinking about this and we've, we've alluded to it in the past, you know, why is it taking so long if they, if they had it on display right there at the Intel booth in January? Well, Again, new chips, brand new generation of Intel chips, which Intel has to ramp up production. It's got a bunch of suppliers it needs to get these chips to. Uh, so my guess is, you know, Acer is just one of several in line to get the new fifth generation Intel chips. And that's probably what the issue is here. I mean, it can't... Everything else is, you know, pretty much the same, you know. We've seen 1080p displays before. We've seen... Um, You know, larger Chromebooks, this is a 15.6-inch screen, Uh, so I think it's the chips. But on the plus side, uh, I did see that on OMG Chrome, they noted that Amazon's UK site is taking pre-orders for this. I haven't checked the U.S. site. I have to do that, but Amazon UK is taking pre-orders. It's a £249 price, which jives with the $249 starting price in the U.S., Amazon is showing a May delivery date for that. Again, that could easily change and get pushed up. So, if you're holding out for Chromebook, uh, a big Chromebook, especially with new chips, you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. I think.
0: And I was just gonna make some joke about they're so big, it's just gonna take longer to ship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know it, that is that's actually a, a different component too. I mean, they're not using a standard size that we've seen in the past for the for the panel with the 15.6 inch display uh, in a 720p or a 1080p configuration. maybe there's supply constraints there as well. Although those have been around for a while on other devices. So yeah.
0: So um, is that the first 15.6 inch Acer Chromebook? Yeah, it is. Right? It is.
1: It is. I think it, it's it's the largest Chromebook to date because wasn't the HP 14 the largest before that? I don't think we've had a 15 incher yet.
0: I'm the reason I'm asking is I'm looking on Amazon right now. Yeah. And somebody promised to ship this by March 13.
1: Well, you never know. Well, so
0: if you... you, I don't know if you should recommend people to buy it from from third parties. There's (laughs) always a risk in this. It may just be a 15-inch break. (laughs) Yeah. But but somebody is selling it, I guess, a little early. So we we have to see.
1: I, I would say, you know, you probably won't wait too much longer. The date... Let me put it this way. The date for review embargoes uh, has actually been moved up a little bit. So that already moved up, up uh, a little bit. Oh, That's all I'm going to say you know, on this Chromebook that I may or may not have in front of me right now. <laughs> so what we're saying is you should just keep checking GigaOM every day right now because
0: we may or may not publish a review early or be well, able to publish a review exactly. sooner than, sooner, than, sooner than later.
1: I can tell you exactly when the review will go. When it's ready, and when I, Acer says I can post it. <laughs> <laughs> Great.
0: All right. Well, um, moving on from that, I guess there's a few things that are available right now to every Chromebook user, at least anyone who is using the stable channel, because yes. the stable channel got an update.
1: It did. It did. And and for folks who follow the beta and the dev channels, you know, you're not going to be surprised by anything because you've already seen a lot of these features and functions. But for the the mass market of Chromebook and Chrome box users this is going to be new stuff and it's nice on the, on the Chrome releases blog which Google updates with everything anytime Chrome is updated for any platform this time they actually highlighted some of the changes they didn't just say here go check the the in the bug tracker and all uh, general
0: so, performance improvements.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yes, bug is general inform- per, impor- performance improvements and a new number for the version. Uh, no, they actually have uh, five different. I'm sorry, four different breakouts here. They've improved Wi-Fi stability on some Chromebooks. We don't know which Chromebooks, but uh, that's always good to hear. Guest mode wallpaper has been updated to material design. I'm sure everybody's happy about that when with guest <laughs> that's mode. That's a big feature. That's a big sure. feature, Yeah. <laughs> Uh these actual the next two that are actually kind of interesting remote assistance to Chrome OS devices is now available via Chrome Remote Desktop. We had talked about this in the past, I think in January on the dev channel or maybe even canary. I I can't recall. Google enabled remote access to Chrome OS devices, which was new. You could always go to uh, a Windows device or a Mac or a Linux box, Chromebox, Chromebook to that device. Now you can go the other way and you can remote into Chromebooks and Chromeboxes. So that's kind of handy especially for tech support and such. Uh I like that. That's available for everybody. And also some devices have been updated to the new Freon graphics stack which will provide performance improvements down the line. I have not followed this Freon graphics stack, so I'm going to take it upon myself to go do some digging for a future episode on that.
0: The performance improvements down the line always sounds interesting to me because it sounds like <laughs> changes maybe had Yes. In some regards, right? Warning,
1: warning. Danger ahead.
0: Something is coming. We're preparing at least some of you for it. Maybe they're in saving case, it
1: for Google I.O. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yes. It's not like we have ever pointed to that before. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, good news for everybody using the Stable Channel. And uh, bad news, though, for people who have old Android devices this week.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is a major brouhaha, but I know some people will try and turn it into one. Um, the, here's the news. Google has said, if you're using Chrome, uh, the Chrome browser on an Android 4.0 or ice cream sandwich device, guess what? After Chrome 42, we're not going to update it anymore. That's it. They're freezing the Chrome browser for ice cream sandwich, which is actually kind of funny when you think about it. Um, I, I did some checking just this morning and... In the Google Store or Google Dashboard for developers, only 5.9% of devices hitting the Google Play Store in the past week were ice cream sandwich. Honestly, Android 4.0 came out in December of 2011. So I know there's still some people out there, and I also understand that maybe your device maker hasn't made... You know an Android software update available for your device. I'm not saying go out and buy a new device. What I am saying is you might want to consider an alternative browser because after Chrome 42, if there's a security issue, you're not going to get a fix for it. You know.
0: Actually, you know what? I'm going to go and say it. Go out and buy a new device <laughs> because if if memory serves me right, hmm. Google Now is available starting at 4.1. Is that right?
1: Ooh, that's a good question uh you may be right you may be
0: right and and if you don't have google now you're Mm -hmm. missing out on a whole lot of things it's not a chrome chrome subject by any means here but uh it it's it's a major it sounds like 4.0 versus everything before would be a big step and obviously it was Mm -hmm. but 4.0 to 4.1 was a very big step for android so if you haven't don't have 4.1 you might want to consider just getting a new device anyway. Now you have one more reason to upgrade.
1: And that's actually a pretty good reason. And I actually just checked, and it looks like Google Now actually came out in July of 2012 and is available for Android 4.1 or better, Jelly Bean or better. So I think you're right. I think you're right. There you go. And, uh, you know, (laughs) I I, I am still a big fan of Google Now, and that's why I bought an Android Wear watch. And, you know, I, I hate to say buy a new device just for that, Feature, but it's pretty darn good
0: yeah i think it's um
1: i i complained about
0: it in the past because some of the stuff doesn't work as well transportation is kind of lost on me because it's mm. well it has some flaws but a lot of the other stuff actually works really well and just send, setting reminders with voice control and all kinds of things you can do with google now uh it's going to make your life a lot lot easier
1: i agree i agree and that, i mean it is actually built into chrome now you can um Enable voice search for Google now right in Chrome in your browser and all that. So, um, yeah, definitely it's a nice, nice feature. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we're talking about we have one more
0: tangential feature in a way, (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: which uh, I know you're a big Google Play Music user. Is that right?
1: I have come to love the Google Play Music store. Yes.
0: So how many songs do you have uh, on their cloud locker?
1: I don't check because because <laughs> so they why give, would you count, I, I don't count because they ha- they give you twenty thousand or room for twenty thousand well uh, if if anybody hit that
0: limit, I guess there's good news because they they just raised it and then now make uh, they now give people fifty thousand songs for free
1: yeah
0: and 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 just just to re- recap that for people what that actually means, so Google play music it's a little bit confusing because it has. There's the, the music subscription service that goes by the same name, but there's also a free cloud locker. So you don't have to pay Google anything. You don't have to subscribe to their paid service. You can still upload songs to the cloud. And I think we talked about that in the past, which kind of ties it into Chrome with the, with the music uploader, the, the, Chrome, uh, the Google Play Music app for Chrome OS, mm-hmm. which now lets you upload music. Now you can make use of that even better by uploading up to 50,000 songs to the cloud, which is quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I was using Amazon for a while, but I, I didn't. Uh, I just didn't care for for the limit. And iTunes, I, I was an iTunes radio person. I never subscribed to iTunes Match, but if you do, you get twenty five thousand track uploads. The thing is, you have to pay twenty five dollars a year for that storage. So yeah, um, so that's yeah, that's kind of why I went this this route. And and it's a Google Play is pretty universal. Works on uh, Android devices, iOS, in the browser, on computers, et cetera. So, um, TVs, yep. yeah, and yeah, you know, I think it was just uh, I don't remember which show it was, but we did talk about um, going back to your Google Play Music uploader bit. Um for Chrome OS, that actually works on ARM-based Chromebook. So if you missed that news and you've got an, a, an right. ARM-based Chromebook, you can now upload tracks to Google Play Music from your Chromebook. It's something that the Intel-based devices got well over a year ago or about a year ago. Now you can do that on ARM. So and you, you got more room to do it. Test it out. Alright, cool. Um, I think with
0: that, we're, it, it's halftime here for us <laughs> <Half> <laughs> the Chrome time. Show, which means we actually have an interruption from one of our sponsors, and after that, we'll be right back.
1: Here's a problem everyone seems to have. Too much email. On a daily basis, my inbox is overflowing with email that I just don't have time to deal with, and it feels like I'm always playing catch-up. Fortunately, there's a company out there that solves this problem. It's called SaneBox, and it's amazing. So how does it work? Well, after a quick analysis of your inbox, SaneBox is able to determine what emails are important to you with incredible accuracy. It automatically filters your unimportant emails out of your inbox and into a new email folder called Sane Later, and that means only the emails that land in your inbox are the emails that actually matter. Get a risk-free, no credit card required, fully featured trial at SaneBox.com/Chrome. That's SaneBox.com/Chrome.
0: Welcome back to the Chrome Show, second half here, and we have a couple more uh, tidbits for you. One of them also kind of tangentially is related to Chrome. We talk a lot about Chromecast on the show uh, because it's obviously one of the Chrome devices, Um, but we're starting to see more devices that can do the same thing as Chromecast, which means sending media or controlling them from a second screen, from your browser even, or from phones and tablets. And uh, last night, actually, we recorded this on a Wednesday morning. Last night, NVIDIA introduced another one of those, which is the NVIDIA Shield TV. It's an Android TV-based game console that will sell... I guess and they're going to start uh, shipping it in May, and it's going to cost $200, which sounds a lot compared to other streaming boxes like a Roku or anything... But this is the first one that actually also is capable of playing four k video
1: Mm. mm. I, I'm sitting here looking at my four k monitor as we speak going hmm this would be very nice <laughs> mm. yes you could you could actually use it for mm. for even more um yeah it and
0: it's interesting because two hundred dollars is quite a bit it's it kind of goes into the into the re, re, into the space of game consoles with this mm-hmm. the pricing i think but um all the other android tv devices that are kind of going even uh, the the fire tv device the ones that kind of like are in between between like a regular streaming box and a game console they sell for a hundred dollars but then you have to spend another forty dollars on a game controller this one mm-hmm. is two hundred dollars the game controller is included as as far as i know it is and it, in the, and it's capable of 4K, so so that's actually quite nice.
1: Yeah, I I don't think they include a media remote with it, which the others typically do. Um, so that might oh, be a small okay. might be a small little add on. But this is an interesting piece of hardware because this has the newest Tegra X1 processor with its 512 gigaflop GPU and three gig of RAM, and uh, so it kind of it's more than a a streaming stick. And maybe it's probably, I guess, less than a full console, such as an Xbox One or a PS4 or something like that. Um, they're also going to do, or integrating, I should say, their their streaming service, their game streaming service that they're they're working on. So it's 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 kind of like a, a streaming. It it just sits in between the two, I think. So I I don't think the two hundred dollar price tag is too bad for the capabilities. The funny thing is, it's all Android based. It doesn't. They didn't say it's you know it's Android TV, it's Android based, and they didn't mention the ability to, to support a Chromecast. Like, could I cast something to this device since it's Android? You know,
0: I think it. I think it is Android TV. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the Cena, um, our, our, our colleague over at Gigamon was at the uh, unveil event last night. Yeah, I think it's at
1: GDC, t- she, right? Game Developers yeah, Conference. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's, uh, it's pretty crowded in San Francisco right now. There's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, gamers running around on the streets. <laughs> That's always anyway, fun. I'm, look, I'm looking at the at the photos here, and it's clearly Android TV, the UI. Mm. Uh, so I don't know; if they may have not made that the centerpiece of their announcement. Right, right. But I think, but I think it's Android TV based, and and so Android TV supports casting. It's part of their part of the ammo, I guess. Right. And um, so, so you should be able to do that with this as well.
1: So, in that case, yeah. So, if you have a you want to cast from from a phone to this, I guess you could do that. So, this could take the place of a Chromecast theoretically. Yes. I mean, obviously, it's much more expensive. But it also has more capability. So,
0: yes, you could buy like six Chromecasts for the money, but <laughs> get some gaming with it as well. Okay, too. <laughs> Any case, um, so there was some other news uh, coming out of another industry event this week, which is the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona mm-hmm. um, that Google wants to become a mobile operator. Why are we talking about that on this show Kevin
1: well well this is <laughs> this is a guess this, I mean I hear remember when the pixel came out, it was like one of the first uh, LTE enabled Chromebooks. I don't know if it was the first, but uh, Google Worked out a deal with Verizon here in the U.S. where you got 200 megabytes of monthly LTE data with the Pixel uh, you mm-hmm. know, each, each month, and then you could always add more on a on a per usage basis, and so on. Um, and it came in handy; I used that quite a bit. You know, Google's doing uh, uh, what we'll call a mobile virtual network operator deal here. They're they're basically going to be purchasing wholesale data uh, that. They will resell or maybe re-gift, is what I'm thinking. I'm wondering if their if their data service will actually be bundled with certain new devices. We know there's a new Chromebook Pixel coming, um, so maybe they give free data service for Chromebook users with this, and similar to what they did before, but here it would be on their own service. And also, I'm thinking if they do that, maybe they give more than 200 megabytes a a month. Maybe they give 500 a month or, geez, could we even get a gig? That would be awesome, you know. Mm. Um, So that's kind of the Chrome tie-in I'm thinking ahead here. I could easily see them do this because, you know, as much as we like to find ways to do things offline with Chrome OS, you know, it is very handy to have an internet connection when you're using the Chromebook. Or, so, yeah. um, and if you're going to offer devices with LTE and you have your own LTE service to provide, well, why not put the two together?
0: That's it's, true. It's, and, uh, so Google said uh, in Barcelona that their, operating, uh, their, their operator, their service, their mobile phone service would be more uh, expensive. No, not ex- I don't think they use the word experimental, but uh, mm-hmm. on a smaller scale and more mm-hmm. similar to the Nexus line of devices. Not, so not they don't trying to uh, uh, drive Verizon out of business here, but they're no. trying to kind of show operators what can be done. And so that would be an, an opportunity to also show how you could integrate other types of devices into into mobile networks. Sure. And if you have a small scale device with a small scale service might Why be a good
1: pairing. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't I don't this is not in their intent uh here is not to take over the cellular market and and become a, a another provider for everybody to choose from. I I think this is again small scale like you had said um and and also to experiment with working um combining LTE networks with Wi-Fi networks and so on, seamless handoff between the two and such. So I think it's more of what you're suggesting than then a big, big push here. So yeah, I would love to see them do this though. I'd love to see them offer it with, with offer the service as an option with the Chromebooks. All
0: right. So um, we have, I guess, one more bit of news this week, which is uh, uh, not really hard news, but uh, could be interesting to, to many of our listeners mm-hmm. who are looking obviously to uh, uh, Ah, I'm trying to find a. I'm, I'm lost. To make a, Chrome better. A good takeaway here. Pe- yes, we all want to make Chrome better. Chrome better. Yes. And now it's got even easier to make Chrome better uh, through um, an unofficial community. What does that mean?
1: OK, so there is a. Uh, obviously, there's a Chromebook community on Google Plus that's vibrant. I think there's well over 30,000 people there, and that I'm constantly scrolling through that, and there's lots of people asking questions about Chrome and you know, mentioning bugs or issues or concerns and talking about devices. Well, the folks over, uh, over there are putting together an unofficial community. It's not a Google-sponsored community, but it's a new community that uh, Craig Tomlinson, who is very active over in the, the current Chromebook community, he has started this new community to make Chrome OS better. He's saying, hey, let's... Band together, join the Chrome OS testing community, the unofficial community for testing the canary, the dev, and the beta channels. And that way we can help make Chrome OS better as a group. I mean, it makes sense. It's a passionate group of people that have a common interest. So why not put this community together and piece all this information in one place? So that way it's better for Google. It's better for people who are trying to figure out, is this a bug? How can I fix this? Um, is this an issue that other people are seeing? So I thought this was a great idea and that's why we put it on the show notes. Um, if you want to join this unofficial community, we will have a link in the show notes and it's another one that I have, uh, added to my own community list in Google plus and I will be following, you know, on a daily basis. So I think it's, I think it's worth uh, taking a look at. All right.
0: Um, and with that, we managed to again burn through the entire show here. Um, Except, well, we have one thing left, I guess, which is our app, our extension of the week. And it's uh, it's not an entirely new thing, but I think we haven't covered it in a while. We haven't talked about one of, talked about one of the latest details. Uh, Crouton. Yes. What's Crouton,
1: Kevin? Well, Crouton is a way for you to install Linux on your Chrome OS device. So that way you can flip-flop between Chrome OS and Linux as needed. It's something that I've used on my pixel since it's since crouton has been around which is probably close to two years now super helpful because uh, you can install pretty much any Linux app on your Chrome OS device that way it's it's how I use uh, Skype for the longest time on my Chromebook I would flip into Linux run Skype and do my thing and then go back to Chrome OS I've since you changed over to the Android app for for Skype but that's a whole other issue entirely anyway, Crouton got much more interesting in December. We did not mention it, number one. And number two, it's actually hard to find this extension. I searched for the Crouton extension in the Chrome Web Store and I couldn't find it. So I have a direct link um, that we can share in the show notes. And there's a big improvement here. Instead of flipping, and being jumping out of Chrome OS to use Linux with the Cruma, Crouton extension, it's integrated. You can run Linux in a window on Chrome OS, so it's right there. There's no flipping back and forth. You still have to be in developer mode for your, your Chrome device, so there's no changes there. This is just an easier way to, to use Linux on Chrome OS. So for that reason, I thought we would mention it today. And again, put a link in the show notes for the Crouton integration extension. All right. Um
0: I think that's it for us from now I've um- if people have any questions or can't find any other things on the Chrome Web Store and would like you to send them the link, Kevin, <laughs> I'm setting up. I'm setting up to get a lot of emails. <laughs> but how can people get t- in touch with you, Kevin?
1: Well, if you want to get in touch with me for that or talk about uh, or ask questions about a device I may or may not have in front of me right now, oh, you can do that on Twitter by where I use my real name of Kevin C. Tofel. I also use that same handle on Google Plus. Uh, people can also. Question, leave questions, comments, tips and tricks right in the comments for this post on gigaohm.com or in the SoundCloud embed for this podcast. And Janko, if they want to reach out to you, how can they do that?
0: Pretty much the same way. I'm using also my real name, Yanko Redgers, on uh, Twitter and on Google Plus, active on both, uh, so you can just Google those. If you can't find me for whatever reason, I know my last name is a little hard to spell. Uh, first name actually too, uh, so I don't make it easy for people. I guess. <laughs> yes. So you can always go to Gigom. You can comment uh, in the show notes to this post, and if you can't find the post, you can always go to Gigom.com/podcasts where you find the most recent episode. Um, link to the previous episodes as well if you want to listen to what we have talked about in one of the recent weeks and you can also always check out some of the other fine podcasts that our colleagues over there at Gigama are producing and churning out every week and with that uh, we have to thank you again for listening and we'll be back next week